Well, praise God for a Savior who is our anchor and who does hold fast. Amen? All right, let's take our Bibles tonight, please. Uh, turn to Judges chapter 18 tonight, please. Judges chapter 18. Continue here this uh, two-chapter account that's pretty much built around this man uh, called, what's his name, Zach? You remember this man? He has an M name. Zach hasn't been feeling well. I shouldn't pick on him. Uh, it's Micah, of course. You would have said that if I gave you one more second. Uh, we meet a man named Micah in chapter 17 um, who has stolen from his mom. And uh, his mom has set aside this money for uh, images of the Lord, which be used for false worship, of course. And uh, Micah takes them and he has these uh, images representing false worship of the true God and then worship of false gods as well in his home. So he's got false gods and a false place of worship, a false way of worship, a false priest. Carolyn, it was just a mess. Amen. And I offered to you an explanation that they all seem to be affected by, infected by discontentment with God's provision and God's way. And so they headed off and began to do things their own way. And of course, there's a warning in all of that for us. If we're not careful to uh, choose to be contented with God's way and God's provision and uh, to seek the Lord's help prayerfully for grace to stay contented, uh, we can stray off into our own way. Well, tonight we'll see um, another example. So we've seen Micah, his mom, uh, the Levite, this kind of wandering Levite who seems to be discontented, his discontentment continues. We'll see that tonight in the con context, there we go, of the discontented Danites. The whole tribe seems to have fallen into discontentment. And you may know the account here tonight. They, it, their discontentment takes them to a, a terrible place, just a, a vicious place. And so tonight we'll, we'll see another, a second uh, warning about the danger of not dealing with, with contentment in a godly way. I should say discontentment in a godly way. Zach, of course, tonight we can find contentment in Christ. Uh, Christ is always the answer. Did you notice the sign says that outside? Christ is the answer. I'm waiting for someone to say, hey, Pastor Hammond, what's the question? And I'm going to say, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the question is. Christ is the answer. Amen. Uh, so uh, if someone asks, that's your answer. Okay, Christ, the answer to every question. Let's go ahead and pray. And we'll, uh, we'll get started here in Judges chapter 18 tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in your house tonight. Thank you for brothers and sisters who have come out. Lord, I appreciate each of them their faithfulness, their friendship, their encouragement. I'm grateful, Lord, for my church family. I pray tonight that you'll bless them. Uh, Father, we're, we're starting off in kind of a negative way, as we did last week, seeing the problem, uh, the problem of discontentment. Lord, I know tonight we'll, we, we know we have an answer as well, and it's our Savior, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is more than enough for all of us. And so, Lord, I, I pray tonight that you help us again to get a hold of the, the seriousness of the problem of being discontented. And then, Lord, of course, to be uh, very careful to, to cling tightly to Christ our Savior as the, the source of contentment, the answer to the problem. Lord, as we see the discontented Danites tonight, I pray that you help us to um, just again, again, treat this topic very seriously. Lord, I love you. I thank you uh, tonight for the privilege to teach your words. I pray certainly that you would help me to do that uh, well as you would desire. Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, who are these Danites? Uh, who are they? Of course, this is one of the tribes. And uh, back in Joshua 19, just like the other tribes had received land, the Danites received land. It was kind of in the northern half of, of the nation, of the land. And uh, it, was, it was really choice land, Zach. It, there was nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, they're a smaller, relatively smaller tribe, uh, but God didn't short them. He, he, he gave them uh, choice land. But we see, by the way, we, we got a hint of this back in Judges chapter 1. Turn back there for a second, if you would. Uh, turn back to chapter 1. We got a hint of what we're going to see tonight. 
uh, back there in Judges chapter 1, toward the end there in verse uh, 34. Judges 1, 34, uh, other tribes were coming in and, and possessing their land, uh, albeit with various difficulties that accompanied that. Uh, but here in Judges 1, 34, um, the Bible says here, the Amor and the Amorites forced the children of Dan, so same, same people, the tribe of Dan, uh, into the mountain, uh, for uh, they would not suffer them to come down to the valley. So we know that right from the get-go, Zach, the Danites were having trouble uh, with the Amorites. Uh, they were the native people, of course. They didn't want the Danites taking the land from them, and of course they would do anything they could to prevent that. And they uh, no doubt harassed them militarily and did whatever they could to discourage them uh, from taking possession of that land, Brother Garcia. We, we understand that, but we also understand that God had given this land to them, Janet. And if God gave it, they, they, they no doubt should have persisted in their effort uh, looking to the Lord for help to take possession uh, of what God has given them. And yet, when we meet them here uh, in the appendix to the book of Judges, uh, remember this would seem to kind of be back between chapters 1, 2, 3, back in that area, uh, time-wise, chronologically, it seems like they're, they're not going to be content to fight for what God has given them with God's help. So basically, they get up and get going. Marilyn, instead of staying and persisting and seeking God's help to take what God has given them, God's plan, uh, they say, you know what, this is too hard. So we're going to get up and, and go somewhere else and try to find an easier way. And believe it or not, it seemed easier for them to march north uh, to a city that has two different names uh, we'll see tonight, both beginning with A, Laish here in, in chapter 18. Uh, they go and they, they, they find this city where the city doesn't seem to be very well protected. The people don't seem to be uh, prepared to defend themselves. And so they march into that place and they kill the, the people and they burn down the city and they establish a new city there. They call it Dan and they take up residence in that place. Carolyn, that was not God's plan. It was not God's plan. Uh, Brother Ray, you see here tonight, I believe, um, a warning that if we'll not be content with what God has given and kind of do our part to take up the plan that God has laid before us, there is a, a temptation in our flesh, in the old nature, to look for the easy way. Even if the easy way might require some effort, if it looks easier to us, uh, there's a natural tendency that, that comes up from a, a fleshly, prideful discontentment to look for something that seems like it might be easier. And, these people, the Danites, they're literally going to march out of God's will. They're literally going to march out of God's provision uh, and because uh, they're discontented here. They're discontented uh, and unwilling to put up with the effort that would have been required to possess what God has given them. Let's see here in verse 1. Uh, in verse 1, we're in Judges chapter 18, uh, beginning in verse 1. Uh, we see here, in those days there was no king in Israel. So we understand that. This is the time of the judges. Uh, there's no king yet. There will be kings, of course, and we'll study through First and Second Kings here eventually. In those days the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell in. For unto that day all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. So you know, God had given, we've already seen, or I've already kind of pointed you to the verses at least, where God gave them an inheritance. And we know that they were being harassed and it was being hard and uh, they had not yet accomplished the taking of that place. Uh, Zach, I dare say that rather than leaving what God had given them, uh, they should have just continued to do their part uh, to take what God had given them. Maybe... Um, God was going to allow them to have to struggle with that for a period of time. Marilyn, that would have been a trial. 
that would have been a trial. No doubt as they came through the end of that trial, they would have been able to look back and say, you know what, it was hard to take what God had given to us, but sure enough, we persisted and we sought the Lord and we drew close to the Lord and, you know, we, we, we didn't fall back or didn't run off in some opposite direction. We just kept looking to God. And, and, and now we can say our faithfulness resulted in us having the blessing that God intended for us. They didn't do that. Uh, they didn't do that. Instead, they sent out scouts to search for another way, uh, another place that seemed easier to them. Verse 2, the children of Dan sent out of their family five men from the coasts, men of valor from Zorah and from Eshtaol to spy out the land. Sounds kind of familiar, right? Uh, back in Joshua, uh, to search it. And they said unto them, go search the land. Now, they already had uh, they already had defined for them what they should have possessed, but no, they're going to go and search out another place. Second part of verse 2 says this, who when they came to Mount Ephraim, uh, to the house of whom? What does it say there? Micah, same guy, same Micah, no, no question about it. It's the same place, Mount Ephraim. They come, they come to the place where Micah lives, so no reason to think this isn't the same Micah as the last chapter, and that'll become even more obvious. Uh, they lodged there. They, they kind of said, hey, this is, this is a lodging place. We can rest here on the way. Um, verse 3 says this, When they were by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man, Who's the young man? What are the next two words? It's the Levite, right? Uh, same guy. Marilyn, no doubt this is the same guy that we met, this sort of wandering Levite. No disrespect to him, of course, but he shouldn't have been wandering uh, in his own discontentment. He should have been back where God had put him. Bible says they, they knew the voice of the young man. Uh, the young man. Brother Ray, I'm going to say it's probably not that they recognized his voice literally, but maybe his accent. They, they probably understood the way that he spoke. You know how even in our area here, accents can vary quite a bit in, in just a short distance. Be from, from New York to Fairfield County to Boston, the accents vary uh, tremendously, right, in just that short distance. And uh, evidently, that, it was the same thing here. They, they heard this man that spoke uh, perhaps more like them. They, they understood uh, that he was not local to Mount Ephraim. They turned in thither, middle of verse 3, and said unto him, them... Let me try that again. They said unto him, there we go, who brought thee hither? Who brought you here? Why are you here? Uh, and what makest thou in this place? And what hast thou here? Hey, we understand you don't belong here. Why are you here? Uh, they might have asked, uh, he might have asked them the same thing. Why are you guys here? Why aren't you back in the land where uh, God gave you? Uh, he explained, um, the Levite explained that Micah hired him. He's got an answer. He said unto them, the Levite said unto the Danite scouts, thus and thus dealeth Michael with me, Micah with me and hath hired me and I am his priest. Oh, okay. Well, you know, there wasn't much discernment in the last chapter and he's not afraid to hide something that he may not understand why it's wrong. Uh, so they ask the Levite, the Danites ask the Levite, they say, well, okay, here's a man of God, here's a priest, why don't we ask him to inquire with God if we'll be successful in our journey? Are we, are we on the right path? Are we going to find the place that God wants us to discover uh, and then to take possession of? They ask this wandering, discontented Levite who's serving as a, a house priest, very much contrary to God's will. Hey, could you tell us if we're in God's will? Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? It doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Marilyn, just like Micah and the Levite seem to have fallen into this growing confusion as they became uh, unmoored from God's words, uh, the, the Danites are kind of in the same place. Rather than focusing on God and, and, and what God had given them and just, just uh, keeping their focus on God, they're out doing their own thing. And they, they've quite literally come unmoored from God's place and not seeking God's direction. They're kind of just wandering as well. So basically you have the spiritually blind here asking another spiritual blind man, hey, can you see, are, are we going in the right way? Uh, does that, are, are we doing right? So they asked him. 
And in verse 6, you know, this Levite wants to please. He, Brother Ray uh, Mechik, maybe he sees an opportunity here to be hired not just by a family, but by a tribe, you know, not just to have a little house church, but to have a, you know, big thing, big mega uh, assignment here, more of a mega church. So he's going to play along, I think, in verse 6. The priest said unto them, go in peace. Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing fine. Before the Lord is your way, wherein you go. You guys are doing just fine. Uh, by the way, Brother Garcia, I don't see him here praying and asking the Lord, are these guys doing right? Lord, uh, what should I say to them? You don't see that. You just see, you just see him answering. There's no indication here that he actually you know, prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, what should I tell these guys? He's just telling them evidently what they want to here. May I say this tonight? Everybody look up here. Would, would you agree with me tonight to take extra care to not just tell people what they want to hear? Uh, would you agree with me tonight that we need to be a people who are willing to lovingly tell each other what we need to hear, not just what we want to hear? right? When someone is clearly marched out of God's will for their life or marched away from what the Word of God plainly teaches, and they come and say, hey, what do you think? You know, the pastor said X, Y, and Z on Sunday morning, but what do you think? Am I, if I marched away from God and God's Word and God's will, uh, it, you do well if, if it's plain, if it's plain to say the truth with love, if it's not plain necessarily, you do well to pray like our priest here did not. You do well to pray and then to go back, counsel with that person as God leads and using God's words. We are called to exhort one another and that will sometimes involve some difficult correction of one another. And you understand it's not just the pastor's job to do that. Uh, we're family, <laughs> we're church family, and we're called to be willing to lovingly correct each other when it is plain that someone is out of God's will. We need to be willing to do that in, in love. Well, the spies here continue on. Um, this, I've called them scouts. Let's continue to call them scouts. Uh, they come to a place which in this passage is called Laish, L-A-I-S-H, and here they discover this, the people uh, of this city are peaceable people. Maryland, they're keeping to themselves, not causing any trouble, not looking for trouble. They're just kind of living their lives. Uh, don't think they're people of God. They're, they're, they don't seem to be uh, godly people necessarily, but neither are they people looking for a problem with anybody. Here's, here's the verse, verse 7. The five men departed, the scouts, and so they left um, they left the house of Micah and came to Laish and saw the people that were therein, how they dwelt, careless. Uh, not that they're not being careful but, uh, the way we use it, but they're, they're worry-free. They don't, they don't have any troubles, nothing they're aware of at least. Um, and perhaps, you know, they, they're not worried about being attacked. They're way up north. Uh, this, this would be, I think this would be modern day Lebanon, way up, way up north. Um, they don't have any trouble up there. Uh, probably because they're without care, they're worry free. Uh, they probably aren't maintaining an army. They, don't, they haven't fortified their city. There's probably not walls there. They're just, they're way up north, out of the way, doing their thing, not worried about anything. It says, after the matter of the, the Zidonians, uh, the Zidonians, more about them in a minute, quiet and secure. There was no magistrate in the land that might put them to shame in anything. They were far from the Zidonians and had no business with any man. Just very quickly, I don't want to deviate too far here, but there's, there's a, a, two references here to the Zidonians. Uh, these are people of the city of Zidon, which definitely in modern Lebanon, um, it's, it's way up north. Um, the, lost my train of thought, uh, Jezebel, Jezebel was the daughter of a Zidonian uh, king. Uh, so this, this is a wicked place. It seems to be a place that um, exercised some authority or, or oversight of, of Laish. Uh, there seems to have been some influence. I haven't studied that out too much, but uh, it seems like the Zidonians had some oversight, maybe some claim to Laish, 
But Zach, they were really too far away to be of much help to them uh, or to defend them if, if there was a problem. Uh, this same place in the New Testament uh, is spelled with an S, Sidon and Zidon would seem to be the same place. Uh, in Matthew 11, uh, Jesus referenced uh, Tyre and Sidon. This would seem to be the same place. Uh, he said if he had done the same miracles in those uh, pagan places, Tyre and Zidon, those people would have repented sooner than uh, the ones that Jesus had done the miracles in front of in, uh, in the land. And uh, he pronounced a curse on, on those places, and, and sure enough, Zidon was, you know, it was conquered and blood flowed in its streets more than once throughout history. So it's a, it's a place that is mentioned here, and it's worth having some understanding of, of what that place is and, and why it's mentioned. Anyway, the spies, the scouts seem to understand that this is a defenseless place. They could take this place, um, and the people that, that might aid them or might defend them are too far away to mount any kind of defense. If they can come quickly upon Laish, uh, and conquer it without much warning. So no doubt the scouts go back and say this. This is kind of a client state for Zidon, but they're too far away. If we could sneak in there, we could take the city very easily, uh, very easily. So the spies, the scouts returned to the people, their people. Verse 8, they came uh, unto their brethren to Zorah and Eschatol, uh, and their brethren said unto them, What say ye? And they said, Arise, that we may go up against them. For we have seen the land, and behold, it's very good. Uh, and are ye still? Be not slothful to go and to enter to possess it. So they come back and say, looks like it would be easy to take, but you've got to do it quickly. Don't be slothful. Don't, don't just lay around here. Come on, let's get up. Let's go. Uh, let's take it. They urge them to go quickly before Zidon would find out uh, and mount a defense, I think, is the idea. So the Danites claim uh, to know that God has given them this land. Uh, this is not the case, but they claim to know this. Verse 10, uh, when ye go, ye sh they say, the scouts, ye shall come unto a people secure and to a large land, for God hath given it into your hands, a place where there is no want of anything that is in the earth. So they urge them to get up and get going to take it. And they, I believe they falsely, plainly falsely claim that God has given this place to them. They are already in Maryland, the place that God gave them, the place that the word of God records that God gave to the Danites. They're already there or near there. They may be kind of up in the hills uh, looking down on that place because the Amorites had been harassing them, but they're essentially there. They're essentially there. This place... Laish is not the place that God has for them, but this false priest gave them a false message uh, that certainly was not from God. In any event, the Danites, they send 600 soldiers. Brother Garcia, it doesn't sound like very much. They said that this is a, a strike force that could move out quickly and, and move in quickly, and they're not anticipating much in the way of a defense, so this probably be adequate, they think, and they're right. Verse 11, there went from thence, of the family of the Danites out of Zorah and out of Eshtaal, 600 men appointed uh, with weapons of war. And they went up and pitched in Kirjath Jerim in Judah, wherefore they called that place uh, Mahanan Dan unto this day. Behold, it is behind uh, Kirjath Jerim. Verse 13, they passed thence unto Mount Ephraim. This sounds familiar, right? Guess who they meet there on their way to Laish, the same man that the scouts met on their way. Uh, came unto the house of Micah. Verse 14, then answered the five men that went out to spy out of the country of Laish and said unto their brethren, do ye know that there is in these houses an ephod and a teraphim? What's, what's teraphim? Actually, it says anteraphim. Uh, it's a plural word, teraphim. Zach, what's that word? Do you remember teraphim, what that is? Somebody help him out. What is that? What, what is teraphim? What are teraphim? Uh, I think I mentioned last week that this is a transliterate, this Hebrew word brought straight into English, uh, and it's normally or very often translated as an I word. It's the idols, house idols. This is the Hebrew word brought right into English. 
Uh, the I-M ending makes it plural, so he has multiple of these things. Uh, where are we? What verse are we in? Help me out. I lost my place. Thank you. Uh, do you know? Do you know that there is in these houses an ephod, the priestly part of the priestly garment, and teraphim, multiple idols, and a graven image and a molten image. So these images that were made for false worship of the Lord, together with worship of false gods. Uh, now, therefore, consider what ye, ye have to do. Now that's interesting. Uh, the the five scouts pop up and say. It, it sounds like they might be saying, don't, you, you shouldn't go in there because there's these false things and false gods and graven images and just, you know, all this wickedness is going on there. But as you keep reading, you begin to understand that's not what they're saying at all. Uh, they, they plainly, the five, are encouraging the 600. Hey, we ought to take that stuff for us. It's not a warning. It's they're, they're actually, the five are encouraging uh, the 600 to take those things and to incorporate it into their own worship. Now, you may remember a thing or two about what happened at Dan over time. Uh, Laish becomes Dan after they conquer it, and they're going to set up these, this false worship. The same uh, cult that was established in Micah's house kind of becomes the... Uh, the religion for all of the tribal cult for all of Dan, and they set up this cult uh, in Laish, which they conquer and name Dan. And then later on, when Jeroboam becomes king in the north, uh, this is one of the two places where he sets up worship of the golden calf. So, you know, these people are taking up false worship, and it's just going to, uh, it began in a house, now it's going to infect a whole tribe. And as they, as they move from this mix of false worship of the right God with worship of false gods, eventually it just progresses to just worship of false gods, the golden calf. Uh, Brother Mechik, Brother Ray Mechik, again, we, we need to see that tonight. Little baby steps down the wrong road lead you to a greater and greater uh, problem, right? You, you see people say sometimes, you know what, I'm just taking little steps out of the way. Yeah, but a lot of little steps add up to big steps over time, right? And that's exactly what you see uh, happening here. So they're not warning the 600 to get away from this wickedness, this home or birthplace of this cult. They're actually encouraging them to take this stuff. Verse 15, they turned thitherward, <laughs> they turned inward, and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, Here's our, our wandering uh, discontented Levite, even unto the house of Micah, Micah discontented, and saluted him. Hey guys, uh, verse 16, the 600 men appointed with their weapons of war, which were of the children of Dan, stood by the entering of their gate. Uh, and the five men that went out to spy out the land went up and came in thither and took the graven image and the ephod and the teraphim, the multiple idols, and the molten image and the priest stood in the entering of the gate with the 600 men that were appointed with the weapons of war. Uh, Carolyn, he probably has some questions. Hey, why are you taking my stuff? Why are you taking my worship stuff, right? You taking my, my ephod and you know, my images and, and my teraphim, what's up with that? Uh, he has a question about this, of course. And these, verse 18, these went up into Micah's house and fetched the carved image and the ephod and the teraphim and the molten image. Then the priest said unto them, what do ye? Zach, what up? What, why are you taking my stuff? Well, they, they kind of perceive who they're dealing with here. They might have been concerned this guy's going to give them a hard time, but they probably recognize they're dealing with a guy who is no more where he's supposed to be than they are. Uh, he was discontented, and uh, he's kind of told them the, the deal. Uh, he's been hired by Micah, so he's kind of been hired or bribed out of what God has for him to do what he wants to do. And Brother Garcia, I rather suspect they see this. They, they kind of understand the fellow they're dealing with, and so they make an offer to him. They don't want a problem with him they recognize, hey, we, we could avoid a problem. 
And, and we could have him to be our priest if, if we just made that offer. He seems like a pretty ambitious guy looking to climb up whatever ladder he's concocted in his heart and his mind. And uh, perhaps we could offer him a better deal than Micah did. And so here is the uh, danger of discontentment and uh, discontented ambition and uh, self-guided uh, life uh, and career path rather than a life that's yielded. Uh, to the Lord. They said unto him, verse 19, hold thy peace, chill out for a second, mister, lay thy hand upon thy mouth and go with us and be to us a father and a priest. And they say it this way. Here's, here's their offer. They're playing right to his pride. Is it better for thee to be a priest in the house of one man or that thou be a priest unto a tribe and a family of Israel? Doesn't that sound much better than this little uh, out-of-the-way place where you're serving as a priest now? And of course, Zach, he agrees. Well, sure, uh, this sounds like a much more impressive opportunity. He's, he's probably already getting it onto his resume, Marilyn. E even before he hits the road with them, he's probably got his resume out. and He's put, scratching out the old place and putting on the new place and thinking about where will this get me to? This, if this is a stepping stone, maybe, maybe I end up, you know, high priest of all of Israel or something like that. Uh, in any event, uh, this is a man who is clearly, clearly being led of discontentment and ambition and pride rather than the Lord. He accepts their offer. Verse 20, the priest's heart was glad. He took the ephod and the teraphim, the idols, uh, and the graven image, these images that were used in false worship of the true God, uh, and went in uh, the midst of the people, and sure, you can be sure that they were just celebrating him coming and, you know, playing to his pride, and he was delighted. His heart was glad, verse 20 says. So they began marching off toward Laish. Verse 21, they turned and departed and put the little ones and the cattle and the carriage before them. So picture this, the they're getting ready. They've, apparently, they've got their families and cattle with them. You know, they're going to go to Laish and stay there once they conquer it. So um, they, they send those that were most vulnerable out in the front, and the 600 armed soldiers stay behind. Why would that be? Why would that be? Were they concerned about someone coming out from Laish? Or were they concerned about someone coming out from Micah's town and saying, hey, <laughs> it sounds like they were concerned from someone, uh, Micah, uh, getting a little annoyed about this and mounting some defense of the loss of his stuff, his cult stuff, including his cult priest, and coming after them because they didn't leave the, the hind part of their, of, of their group um, unprotected. They left the front part. Sure enough, they anticipated correctly what's going to happen. Their fears are realized. Verse 22, when they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men that were in the houses near to Micah's house were gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. Apparently Micah and his, Micah's neighbors get wind of what's going on and uh, they offer to go and get his stuff back, is what it sounds like, Marilyn. Uh, hey, they come to Micah, what's going on, man? What's wrong? Well, these guys came and they took my stuff. They, they took all my cult stuff, uh, my idols and my images. And they even took my priest. Oh, don't worry, man, we'll, we'll go and get it back. And off they go. Verse 23, Micah and the men confronted the Danites. They cried unto the children of Dan. Hey, what do you guys think you're doing? Where are you going with Micah's stuff? Uh, the Danites turned their faces and said unto Micah, What aileth thee? What's wrong with you, man, uh, that thou comest with such a company? What aileth thee? What's wrong with you? Micah presents his grievance in verse 24. He said, Ye have taken away my gods... My gods, which I made. <laughs> Don't miss that. You've taken my gods, which I made. Those are my gods. I made them. It's pretty messed up, right? By the way, we are gods because, not we are gods. We belong to God because he made us. Amen? Micah said, you've taken my gods. I made them. It's pretty confused, Carolyn. We belong to God because he made us. His apostasy has taken him pretty far afield. 
Ye have taken away my gods, which I made, verse 24, and the priest, and ye, y'all, are gone away. And what have I more? I'm left with nothing. You've taken my whole cult, all of my cult stuff. What is this that ye say unto me? What aileth thee? He says, what do you mean, what aileth thee? You took all my stuff. The Danites threatened Micah. They're not going to have this for long. The children of Dan, verse 25, the children of Dan said unto him, let not thy voice be heard among us. We don't want to hear you. Be quiet, lest angry fellows run upon thee. What are they doing there, Zach? They say, shut up or else what? It's a threat, right? <laughs> We're going to send some angry fellows to run upon you. We're going to beat you up, man. If you don't be quiet, stop bothering us. Uh, let not thy voice be heard among us, lest angry fellows run upon thee, and thou lose thy life. That's a threat <laughs> with the lives of thy household. We'll kill your family members too. Mom's probably still back at home, and he doesn't want mom to be killed for sure. And so Micah returns home. Verse 26, the children of Danite, uh, Dan, the children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back unto his house. He's kind of out of the picture at this point. Marilyn, his false worship of the one true God combined with worship of false gods didn't get him very far. He lost all of his stuff. And he's back home now without that stuff. The Danites come into Laish and they do exactly what they set out to do. Verse 27, they took the things which Micah had made and the priest which he had and came unto Laish, unto a people that were quiet and secure, or at least felt secure, and they smote them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. Now, let me ask you a question, Brother Ametric. Has God told the tribes at other points in time and other places to go and conquer the people of the land? and take possession of that land. He did, right? Lord, Lord said, you, you, you come into the promised land, you're gonna have to deal with the pagan people that live there, but don't worry, I'm gonna be with you and we're gonna accomplish that together. You're gonna do your part and I'm gonna do my part through you. So we know that um, this was, they, they think, well, we're doing kind of what God told us to do, maybe. They think, they, they've convinced themselves that this place is the place that God has for them because this false priest told them that. And they're going to go in and take it the way God had told them to take the real place that he intended for them. Uh, you know, we think we've convinced ourselves that God wants us here and that we're doing it God's way. Well, they might have been doing something in a way that God taught them to, Marilyn, but not here, not now. And we have to be careful. We have to be careful. You could say, you know, God instructed people to do this at this point in time, so it's okay if I do that here, there, somewhere else. No, that God told you to do it there at that point in time. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. They've convinced themselves that they've done nothing wrong at all when in fact they're viciously slaying a city and about to burn it down, a city that God has not given them, a city that God has not given them. Uh, they took the things, verse 27 again, which Micah made, the priest came to Laish. They smote them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. They killed the people and burnt down the city. Having destroyed the city, they built a new one there. They renamed it, they called it Dan and it continued to be called Dan. There was no deliverer, verse 28, because it was far from Zidon. Zidon was too far away to send troops to defend them. They had no business with any man. They had no um, agreements with others to defend them or to protect them. It was in the valley that lieth by Beth Rehob. They built a city and dwelt therein. So the Danites have got what they want. They've got a place where they could occupy it. Uh, they had to build a new city. They burnt down the last one. Verse 29, they called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan, their father, who was born into Israel. Howbeit the name of the city was Laish at the first. Uh, look at verse 30, it's not a good verse. The children of Dan set up the graven image, no surprise. 
Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. Now, I don't know if Jonathan is perhaps this wandering Levite. That's a possibility. I don't know if that's the case or not, but perhaps he's named here. It's a, it's a distinct possibility. I just would be speculating, I think. We can't know that for sure. Um, in any event, they set up Micah's graven image. Um, verse 31, they, they set them up Micah's graven image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. That's not good, Zach. That's <laughs> not good. Not good at all. Um, so I've already shared. We'll see. I mean, you can make a note. It's in 1 Kings 12. 1 Kings 12, verse 26, 27, 28. Why don't we flip over there? We have a minute. Let's, let's go look at that. Uh, 1 Kings 12. Let's, let's see the, the history that kind of distills out of this situation. So the Danites conquer this place. They kill all the people. They set up this cult. Uh, 1 Kings 12. 1 Kings 12, verse 26. Uh, Jeroboam said in his heart, now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. You remember when the kingdom split, Jeroboam king in the north was concerned that people would travel down to Jerusalem um, to worship the Lord at the, at the what? But where would they go to worship? The temple, right? And he was concerned that their hearts would kind of get attached to this place in the south and he'd lose control of his people. Verse 27, he says, if this people go up, up to do sacrifice, now it was south, but he's saying up because why, Zach? Because it was, they had to go uphill to get there, even they would, uh, they'd be going south. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, uh, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah. They shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. That was his real concern. They would give their allegiance over to the king in the south, Rehoboam. Verse 28, whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much. He, so he said unto the, he goes to people, so, you know, it's too much for you guys to go all the way down south and have to go up the hill to Jerusalem and get all the way down there to worship. That's too much for you, don't you think? Well, people would naturally tend to agree. Too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. So he says, Behold thy gods, O Israel, uh, the north, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. He says, hey, here, here are your real gods. These are the gods that brought you up out of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the one he put where? What's it say in verse 29? Dan. Dan. This is the place that used to be Laish, but is now Dan, where the tribe of Dan established this mixed false cult that came out of, was born in the house of Micah. Brother Rang will say again, being discontented and allowing that to cause you to take baby steps out of God's will adds up over time to a really big problem, or at least it can. I don't know about you, Marilyn, but I'm not interested in taking that kind of risk. I would, I would much rather say, boy, the, the place that I'm in, I know it's the place that God wants me. And, you know, it's hard. Life is hard, right? Anybody here say life's never hard? Uh, anyone, would anyone here say life? You know what? Life is really easy. Raise your hand. Janet, life is really easy. <laughs> Janet, you're not raising your hand, sister. Come on. <laughs> Carolyn? Marilyn? <laughs> no? Uh, no, it's not easy, but if we'll just stay where the Lord wants us, he can bless. Amen. He meets our needs and he blesses us and he grows us in the trials. Marilyn, he grows us where he plants us. Amen. He grows us where he plants us. 
it does not make much sense at all to pull yourself up from by the roots from the place where God wants you to be and go try to be rooted somewhere else where God does not want us to be. Uh, it, it does not go well for the Danites, and it does not go well for us either. Now, Brother Ray, what would have been a better choice for the Danites? I've said it several times tonight, I think. It would have been to just continue where God had planted them, right? Being contented despite the difficulty. Did everybody hear that? Sometimes you have to choose to be content, not discontented. You have to choose to be contented despite the difficulty. Recognizing that God's allowing difficulties, trials, for all the purposes that we've talked about over the past year, and rather than running away from the trials, you know, when you run away from trials, you're running away from the thing that God is using to grow you. Amen? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Doesn't make any sense at all. You're running away from the place where God can bless you. That doesn't make any sense at all either. Uh, and so again, I'll, I'll, I'll close with the thought that I opened with. Zach, it would have been much better for them to just pray, God, this place that you've given us, we just can't seem to take it in our own strength. These Amorites, they just won't let us. They, they, they're harassing us constantly. You know, probably little skirmishes here and there and attacks tonight, whatever it was, driving them up into the mountains above the land that God prescribed for them. They would have done so much better, don't you think, to say, Lord, we cannot take this place apart from you. But if you will help us, Lord, we will stay in the place that you've prescribed for us and we will persevere in this place and accomplish what you have designed for our lives. And, and don't you think God would have blessed them eventually and, and used those stinking Amorites to strengthen them, uh, to grow their reliance upon the Lord and ultimately to bless them very much. Instead, their discontentment has driven them to brutal behavior, Marilyn, just, just wicked sin and brutality. Um, and set up the tribe of Dan on a course to worse and worse idolatry. Um, worse and worse idolatry. Do you remember, um, other than praying, last Wednesday night I gave you a, a list. Right at the end I gave you a list, gentlemen, of a uh, number of biblical things that we can do to deal with discontentment. Does anybody have one? Gentlemen. Anybody got one of those things? We could pray. <laughs> we could pray. That'd be a good thing. Um, we can pray. Always a good thing. Zach says, I have my notes here somewhere. Find your notes. Find your notes. Flip through your memory banks. Find your notes. Go ahead. Realize that discontentment is dangerous. It sure was for the Danites and for the generations that followed this generation. Uh, their discontentment led to the deaths of who knows how many people in Laish and, and set up their entire tribe on a path to great wickedness, greater wickedness. So realize the dangers. Give me another one, Zach. Uh, number two is choose to be content. Choose to be content. You've got to say, you know what? I can be discontent and let that lead me to a bad place, or I can choose to be content and take up God's way to be content. It is a choice. And I believe I said last week, to not make a choice is to make a choice. When you allow yourself to stay in a discontented place, taking baby steps in discontentment uh, out of the Lord's way, you're making a choice to stay in that place. Uh, it does not have to be the case. Zach, you're doing great. Let's let you continue. You got number three? Choose to be content with the Lord. Be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We have the Lord. What more do we need? Uh, keep going. You're doing great. Don't forget that covetousness is idolatry, Colossians 3, 5, uh, to allow discontentment. Uh, do you think... Do you think that the Danites were coveting the city of Laish? Do you think... Were, were they coveting? They were 
dead set on getting something that they did not have. They were coveting something that they did not have. They were dead set on it. And as a result, uh, untold numbers of people be <laughs> became dead uh, and they burnt down the entire city. Zach, what else? You're doing great. Put on coveting and put on a desire for God's word. Psalm 119.36. Lord, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Lord, help me take my eyes off things that I'm coveting and to put my eyes upon your words, which will grow a contentment with you, right? Uh, you got you to gotta take your eyes off of one thing and, uh, that's bad and put them on something else that's good. Take your eyes off that which you should not be coveting and put your eyes upon the Lord and his words and ask the Lord to incline your heart to his words and not to covetousness. That's God's prescription, his words, his words. Uh, Zach, add one thing. You may have missed this. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 5.11, the Lord commands us to separate from covetous people. Separate from covetous people. Uh, it's good note-taking. It, it's valuable to take notes, amen? Uh, you can't possibly remember everything that you hear, and so there's great value in taking notes. I, I encourage that. Lord, help us to be content. Lord, help us to be content. Uh, what was the verse that I sent in the email today? Do you remember? Godliness with contentment is what? What? Great gain. Great gain. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you um, for the time we've had in your word tonight. Lord, I understand tonight we're made of the same stuff the Danites are made out of. We're subject to the same discontentment and covetousness that is fueled by discontentment with you and your provision. Lord, we've seen tonight that this discontentment and covetousness had such a horrible effect on Micah and his mom on this Levite and the entire tribe of Dan. And so, Lord, tonight we, we can plainly see this is serious business. It's dangerous to not deal with discontentment. And so, Lord, I do pray tonight that you would help us to choose to be contented with you, as we said a week ago tonight. And, Lord, that we would choose to pray, Father, incline my heart unto thy testimonies, your words, and not to covetousness. Lord, help us desire more knowledge of you, greater comfort from your words. Lord, as we feed upon your words, I pray that we would be filled up and not inclined to covet at all. Lord, help us to yield to you and your solution. And as we do, Lord, fill us with thy spirit. Help us to know grace, to be content with you. Lord, I thank you tonight that we can because of Christ. We can because of Christ. Father, I pray tonight if, if anyone continued to struggle with discontentment or covetousness this week, Lord, that they would confess that tonight, right here, right now. Lord, agree with you. And pray for your grace to take up your solution, your answer. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name.